Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. I know. I know how special your blankie is. Peyton has a blankie. I have a blankie, and I'm 38 years old. And she couldn't find her blankie, and she was about to have a heart attack. And then she found it, and all is good in the world. Yep. And, uh, and she was like, okay, come on. We have to read. And I was like, hold on. Blankie and mother moment. Because <laughs> she found it, and she was just enjoying it. Hey, I had a question. Yep. If Willy Wonka was real, and he said... Peyton, I'll trade you that blanket for all the chocolate in the world. What would you say? Absolutely not. You wouldn't do it? What if he says, well, here's this other blanket. Trade me. Mm-mm. Couldn't do it, huh? I wouldn't I... do anything to trade my blanket. No way. Because then, then you'd be like, what's the, what's the big kid's name that he just eats everything? Well, um, um, I want to say Pugsley, but that's from the Adams Family. I was going to say Veruca Salt. I, I know. Veruca's the only one that I know for sure. Um, um, Mike TV. No, that's, yeah, that's the skinny yeah, kid. No, um. Dang it. And Violet. Violet, you're turning Violet. <laughs> yeah, um. Shoot. Augustus. Augustus. Yeah. Gosh. In the movie, have you, you've seen both movies or just the newer one? Both. You've seen both of them? Yeah, the old one I used to watch when I was a little girl. They're cool movies. I like when people have cool imaginations for things like that. Okay. The imagination. <laughs> That's from the new movie, huh? Mm-mm. Yeah. SpongeBob. Oh. Imagination. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Duh. <laughs> okay, The Graveyard Riddle, Chapter 27. Well, great. Now that she's got her blanket, she's going to be falling asleep. We got maybe two chapters left. The next day at school, Matthew found me at lunchtime. I was sitting outside behind the science classrooms where it was always nice and quiet. Melody, come quick. It's Jake, he said, his face bright red because he'd been running. I grabbed my bag and followed in the direction of uh, in the direction of the sports hall. The doors were open wide and there was a crowd of people looking in. Mr. Jenkins has really lost it this time, said Tom. Shouldn't we get a teacher, said Samira. I pushed my way in front. Mr. Jenkins had Jake backed up into the corner hall. He was shouting in his face. You don't have any respect. You don't think of anybody but yourself. You are a weak and pathetic person. Do you understand what I'm saying, said Mr. Jenkins. Jake was cowering against the wall. What happened to make him so angry, I said. Daniel was next to me. Jake was supposed to be mopping the floor in the boys' changing room. Mr. Jenkins caught him sitting down. He said, I hope she freaks out and yells at him. This is too much, I said, and I turned to the crowd. I turned to the crowd around me. How can you all just watch this and do nothing? I turned and ran to the office. Mr. Winchester was on the reception desk, and she was the worst worst of the administration assistants she was eating a strawberry yogurt and slowly scraping the teaspoon 
around the edges. Miss Winchester, someone needs to get the sports to the sports hall, I said. Mr. Jenkins is Jenkins is losing it with Jake. Mrs. Winchester concentrated on her spoon. What do you mean by losing it? She said without looking up. He's really angry. Can you send a teacher over there immediately? Mrs. Winchester scraped the yogurt. Everyone's at lunch and I can't I can't leave the reception. Go find a teacher on the playground duty, she said, sucking the silver spoon. I headed back to the playground, and I spotted Mrs. McClare, and I ran over. Mr. Jenkins is getting really angry with Jake, I gasped. They're over by the sports hall, and he's losing it. The teachers on lunchtime duty had walkie-talkies, and Mrs. McClare quickly clicked on the button. Mr. Hill, can you pop over to the sports hall? Something is going on with Rory, she said. Mr. Hill was... Miss was Jake's homeroom teacher. Maybe now someone would see what was going on. I ran back to the sports hall, but when I got there, the crowd was disappearing. Mr. Hill had gotten there already and was standing and talking to Mr. Jenkins. They were both smiling. Whatever Mr. Jenkins had told him had happened, Mr. Hill was very clearly happy with his explanation. Jake was nowhere to be seen. The bell rang for the next class. Mr. Jenkins had gotten away with it yet again. Matthew and I finally caught up with Jake as we were walking home from school. You have to tell someone, Jake, I said. He can't shout at you like that. Melody is right, said Matthew. Enough is enough. Talk to Mr. Hill and tell him what happened, really. Jake shook his head. I'm not telling anyone, he said. We'll back you up. I said, I'll bet others will, too. There's no need. I'm sorting it out, he said. Matthew and I looked at each other. Our nostrils flared. That was the last time that Rory Jenkins treats me like that, he said. He's going to regret everything he's ever done. He climbed into his bike and onto his bike and rode off. I don't like the sound of that, do you, said Matthew. I agreed. I didn't want Jake to end up in even bigger trouble. When we go to Chestnut Close, Jake was standing talking to old Nina outside number one. For a moment, I was worried that she was, that she was asking about Hal, but he just shook his head at her and walked into his front door. I approached her nervously. Is everything all right, Nina? I said. Old Nina's hands were clenched in front of her. Oh, hello, Melody, she said. I've lost my brooch. The one that, um, a really nice, like, button. Like a a pin, pin, sorry. The one that Arthur gave me on my 60th birthday. Have you seen it? I knew which one she meant. It was blue and shaped like a daisy. She had pinned it to her sweater when we'd seen her that night that we moved. Um, Hal into number one. No, I'm sorry, Nina. I said, "Have you been out all day today? Have you been out all? Uh, have you been out today at all?" said Matthew. I went to the shops earlier and I've looked along the sidewalk, but I can't find it anywhere. She said, "I think it's gone." Her green eyes looked shiny with tears. It was a horrible thing seeing her so upset. How about calling the shops that you went into to see if anybody handed it in? I said. She brightened a little. That's a good idea. I'll do that right now. She said. She hurried back home. When she was out of hearing range, Matthew turned to me and his eyes were wide. Come back come back to mine for a minute, he said. Let us in with the key. Come back to mine for a minute, he said. He let us in with his key and threw his scroll his school bag onto the stairs and then closed the door behind us. She's such an old lady. I know, poor thing. Melody, do you remember what happened last night when we moved in how? And when he what he what he said to old Nina, I thought about it. It's on her um, I don't know. He said something about her house looking like a vampire lived there. And did you notice where he was standing? He moved and stood. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, you guys. 
and stood right beside old Nina when he was talking. Remember that? I hadn't thought of it. What are you saying, Matthew? I said. I'm saying that when he started talking to Nina about vampires in her house, it was just a misdirection. Like the magic trick. Thank you. Like the magic trick he showed us with the pebble. He was taking her attention away from himself when he stole old Nina's brooch, said Matthew. I don't know. Maybe. I felt a knot in my chest and my throat tightened. I'm sorry, Melody, but I don't think Hal is working for M18 after all. He said, I think he's a thief. A thief? The words rang in my head like a fire alarm. He can't be. I said, Matthew. Matthew looked sad for me, which made me feel even more upset. I'm sorry, Melody. He said, I think you need to consider that Hal isn't all that he says he is. My legs felt as if they were going to give way. I sat myself at the bottom of Matthew's stairs. This was my worst nightmare. Hal could be a fraud, just like my dad. Melody, are you okay, said Matthew. He crouched down beside me. What's wrong? I can't be lied to again, Matthew. I just can't, I said. What do you mean, said Matthew? Who lied to you, Mel? Melody. I sniffed and gulped at the same time. Dad, I said. He, he lied to us really badly. I didn't want to cry, but I felt a, to- a tear roll down my cheek. I wiped it away quickly. What happened, Melody? He said. I closed my eyes and then counted to three. When I was certain that I wasn't sobbing, I opened them again. Melody, said Matthew. Talking about it might help, you know. He was right. I couldn't feel any worse. That was for sure. My dad is the biggest liar I've ever known, I said. Matthew waited for me to continue, and I took a few deep breaths and began. Dad took me to the circus once. We saw a brilliant magician called Nikolai DeFry. He was underwater he was an underwater escapologist and he did an incredible routine where he just cuffed and chained he he was cuffed and chained up in a tank of water when the curtain dropped the tank was empty he had completely disappeared it was brilliant best thing i've ever seen matthew smiled and stayed silent after the trick finished dad said we had to leave even though the show wasn't over we headed over to the car and Dad walked a few paces in front of me, talking on his cell phone. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I was pretty sure that he didn't want me to hear. Every time I tried to catch up, he turned his head to one side. I could feel my throat tighten again. When we got home, everything seemed normal. I went to bed happy, trying to work out how Nikolai DeFry had disappeared from the water tank. I mean, how could someone just vanish like that? I smiled. It was the next day when everything changed. How did it change? Matthew said. His eyes widened. I took another deep breath. I went downstairs the next morning and mom was sitting at the kitchen crying. She had a letter in her hand and she was shaking her head saying, I never knew all these years and I never knew. I remember it so clearly. There had been something scrunched up on the floor. I picked it up and it was a photograph. I smoothed out the creases and looked at the picture. It was a family of three sitting at a table in the middle of the woman. In the middle was a woman with a baby on her lap. The baby had a dark mop of hair and was leaning forward towards a large cake that was on the table. The cake had a single burning candle. Read the piping. I, uh, I read the piping, the piped icing that said, "Happy first birthday, Maisie." Her, her dad had a girlfriend and another family and had a baby. The woman had dark bobbed hair, brown eyes, and a big wide smile. The baby really looked like her. It looked like a very happy moment, captured with a snap of a camera. I took a deep, shuddered breath, 
But then I looked at the man who was standing behind them and I felt like I was going to be sick right then and there. The man was my dad. He was wearing the same smile that I'd seen so many times. The one that he wore when he came home from a business trip and was really happy to see us. He had his arm around the woman and he was smiling down at the baby. I stopped talking for a moment. My legs were trembling and I clutched my knees with my hands. The letter in mom's hand was from the woman in the photograph. She said dad had had been living a double life. He wasn't always on a business trip at all. He was living with this other woman and they had a baby together. Maisie. The woman found out about us by accident. The first, At first, she was very angry, but then she told him that he had to decide once and for all who he wanted to be with. Matthew blinked. I didn't realize, but the circus was just a goodbye trip for me. The woman posted the letter to mom while we were out, and just to try and make sure that she knew exactly what was going on and dad was going to make it through it. Mom texted dad and told him everything that she knew or told him that she knew everything. I closed my eyes and swallowed. He chose her, Matthew. He chose the other woman, I said, and he chose Maisie. He didn't want me. I opened my eyes again and took a breath. The next day, Dad vanished from our lives, just like Nikolai Fry defried vanished from the tank, I said. The tears began, and this time I let them come. Matthew stayed silent as I cried. I'll never forgive him, and that's why I don't like liars. I'm so sorry, Melody, said Matthew. That must have been awful. I nodded. It hurt so much to remember all of this, but it also felt good to cry and let it out. And there's more, I said. Dad has written a letter to Mr. Charles, and I saw it when I was getting the key to number one. What did it say? I'd only read the beginning before Mum came in, and I told her it was mail for Mr. Charles, so she took it back, and she didn't realize that it was a letter he'd already gotten, thankfully. I can't ask to see it, otherwise he'll know I've been snooping around. Why didn't you tell me that this was going on, said Matthew? Well, I didn't think you cared, I said. Matthew looked mortified. I thought he was gonna, going to object or say that I had been imagining it. But he just took a deep breath. You're right. I haven't always been the best, best friend to you, have I, Melody? I'm sorry. I took a tissue out of my pocket and blew my nose. Melody, he said, that letter from your dad in Mr. Charles' house. I'll get it for you. Really? I said, you'd do that? Matthew nodded. And I know just the person who might be able to help. I couldn't think of who he meant. Who? I said. Casey, he said with a grin. But first, we need to talk about old Hal and Nina's brooch. Come on, let's go and see. I hope he didn't steal that from old Nina, huh? Because I want him to be a good kid. You too? I think he's a good kid. I don't think he did it. Do you think he's a good kid? I don't think he's a spy, but I do think he's like an orphan that needs to be adopted. And I think one of them is going to adopt him. Poor kid. I hope so. Mm.